Hello, and welcome to the Viva podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Thank you for joining us. Jarrell, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. One of our team members started calling Thursday, Friday, Junior. I've heard that before. I had not heard that before she said it, and I kind of like it. Although it reminds me of, this is going to be a very millennial reference. Say it, say it, say it. Nick Jr. face, like the face on Nick Jr. Yes. Right. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. So like I picture now like that face is the face of Thursday in my mind. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Sorry to everyone who doesn't understand what that means. <laughs> I have no other way to describe it to you. Right. Right. There's nothing else we could say there that would make it a clearer picture if you did not in fact see face from yeah. Nick Jr. And yes, the character was a face and its name was face. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that was, it was face. Like, that was oh, I really did. I just thought that that's what, how we were describing it. I didn't know that was the name. No, its name was face. That's really funny. Really creative character naming going on there. Right. <laughs> anyway, happy Thursday or whatever day it is when you happen to be listening to this. We are going to talk about Lizzo. I and I have to start with a controversial hot take. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm a little sad we have to talk about Lizzo because I'm actually not a fan of Lizzo as the audience collectively gasps. You are not. And yes, this is something I know about you. I think she does good work. I appreciate what she stands for. Her music is just not my jam, literally. I actually discovered Lizzo at a Yankees game with Jarrell when a particular song was playing over the PA system. And I was like, what is this? And when will it stop? You hated it so much. I hate it. I still hate it. I hate I it know, so much. I know. I'm not going to tell anyone what the song is because I don't want anyone to come at me anymore than they're probably already going to. <laughs> but just a personal preference. So I wanted to throw that out there to anyone else who can relate to appreciating the human that Lizzo is, but not so much the music that she makes. Fair enough. Anyway. That's not the reason we're going to talk about Lizzo is because to recap about how I discovered the song and was like, why is this happening to my life? But she posted a pretty cool social media message, which because I don't like her music, had no idea about this controversy prior to the social media message going viral. Mm. But she had been aware, been made aware by, I assume, people who listened to the song and her fans that there was a problematic word in one of her songs. Um, the title of the song is actually a really good example of why her music's not so much my jam. And I'm not going to repeat the song because I, word should have vowels. That's all I'm going to say. But... <laughs> feel pretty strongly about that. I don't know why. It just helps me get through the day knowing words having vowels. Maybe because mm. I watch Wheel of Fortune so often and vowels are so valuable. Valuable? Like you shouldn't throw them out. Mm, anyway, true. This is not the point. That she was made aware that there was a problematic word in her song and she removed it, which was pretty cool and rare. I can't think of another time in which someone with such a large platform did anything like that. And to be yeah. fair, I'm not super up on pop culture. So maybe Jarrell, you can help me out if there is someone else, but I don't remember hearing about this previously. No, it's um, it's unheard of and it happened super quick and it required her to re-record a part of the song. Right, which I which thought is was like, like incredible. Good on her because yeah. I can only imagine that that's a large amount of work. Yep. And when, probably didn't have to, right? Right. 
given the fact that like she's very popular and I'm sure her music would have sold anyway. <laughs> and it was the disability community for people who aren't aware that raised an issue, at least primarily. And you could make the not kind argument, but an argument nonetheless, that it's a small percentage of people and most people would never even notice and or would find it fine. But she was like, no, I'm going to basically put my money where my mouth is literally in this case, and she's a yeah. singer yeah. and I'm not going to promote problematic language and I'm going to listen. I'm going to be open to hearing another person's perspective and voice and act accordingly when they have a point. And I just thought that was great. Yeah. But people going to people. And so there was some controversy. <laughs> You might be thinking, what could possibly be controversial about this wonderful person listening to the perspective of a marginalized group and making changes accordingly to make them feel more welcome and appreciated in the world? Well, let me tell you. As you say it out loud, I'm like, how could anyone not see how, how it was a problem? Not, but like, have you this day, met These Twitter, days, right, exactly. <laughs> okay, because Twitter is Twitter. Of course, people are in the comments just acting a fool. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not a big deal or this shouldn't matter. All kinds of things of just like, why is this a problem? Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk today about why language matters, because I think there is a really, I don't want to say valid argument, but common argument of, is that really the hill to die on, right? Mm -hmm. Like of all the problems in the world, targeting marginalized groups, does using a particular word to mean something colloquially, is that really the problem that we're gonna fight about, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is that really the thing to be bothered about at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. And so when you put it that way, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, calling something crazy, for example, mm -hmm. is not nearly as problematic as the don't say gay bill, for example, or the fact that there's no mental health care funding in this country. However, it's not not a problem. And I think maybe that's the overall perspective like I'd want people to take away is that it's yes and no. Yes, not the biggest problem. No, that does not make it okay. And I think that would be generally applied overall, you know, and we'll get into some more specifics, but I feel like that's just something I wish everyone grasped. Yeah, well, and I, I just like to add that so like, as we get into this more and talk about specifics, I think a lot of people out there might be asking, well, like, why, why are certain things a problem? Like, why do people get so um, bothered by these things or advocate so, so much against using certain language? And I think the, without getting into the weeds about it, I think the, the framework is, is that when sort of using any kind of, uh, slur or um I don't know these words that are just like really loaded um they typically have long histories and the problem with them is is that in the process they're often used in the process of dehumanization right so there's like a there's a whole social science theory about like how this happens how we end up having policies that don't uh, or having policies that harm people um, what happens when, how do we get to a place where people are enacting violence on queer folks or women or 
subjugating those with disabilities um, or poor people or whatever the population is, is that there's a systematic process that's been studied um, sociologically and language is a part of that. So like how we frame and identify people is one of the early stages of that dehumanization and degradation process. So that's why it's a big deal because it kind of signals, oh, this is, this is not just, it's not just the word. It could also come with all these other things. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that people don't have, I guess, the context for when they have, when we have this kind of discussion. And so I can't remember the name of like who developed the sort of theory, but a quick internet search will lead you to it about like how that process happens. And it's a really eerie how there's like a systematic kind of process in which societies have things like this happen. And so language is just indicative of that. So. Yeah, I think it is important. And that's a good point to know the history of where these things come from, because Mm -hmm. it's usually multi-generational. Yeah, for sure. So you might be like, this is just a word that we said in school. Like, what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. It's it's casual language, but it actually can come from somewhere a lot more insidious. Yeah. And that's good to know, right? Even if the meaning has been changed over the years, at least to some degree, right? It's less of a slur, for lack of a better word. It Mm -hmm. still doesn't mean that it's fine. And I think having that perspective also can help you in conversations where someone says to you that actually, hey, this isn't fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think within groups, you'll get some discourse with this and that one person will say, yeah, this word is wildly offensive. And someone else will be like, no, nah, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can look at a lot of different marginalized groups, whether it's you know queer people or black people or people of, in the disability community where you know you can think of like a quote unquote slur from that group and people within the group can feel very differently or yeah. even if they're mad about it there's different degrees of being mad about it right and i think that's part of why you get them people who are maybe outside of those groups being like well is this a problem or not like i'm just gonna give up i'm throwing my hands up in the air and say what i'm gonna say because the messaging is so unclear mm-hmm. which okay that's true but also, that doesn't mean you don't have to be mindful of it. Right. In that it's not up to you as someone outside of the group to decide. And maybe that's the other big takeaway is that if you're not a part of the community that the word or phrase is targeting, maybe don't have a say and don't hold on to a perspective or a stance. Maybe have a fluid stance yeah. that perhaps by listening to like, five people from that community, for example, maybe you can have this kind of, oh, well, in some cases it's fine, or it's, it's fine if it's said by this person, but not this person, or fine if meant in this way, or not fine at all, and just really having this, like, loose grip on what these words mean, and when or if you should use them, rather than some of the people I saw in the comments, like, just seemingly feeling really strongly. And I'm like, what's it to you? Mm-hmm. You don't seem to really have skin in this game. So I'm not really sure why you're feeling so strongly. And I think that's a tendency that humans have to like dig your heels in to be right or to pick a side. And obviously we're living in a very divisive world and there's a lot of forces trying to make people, you know, no, this is the right way and this is the wrong way when in reality there's a lot of gray area. So maybe something to be mindful of is that, right? Don't pick a side. 
listen to the people who are impacted by the language that you're using and let them give you cues on how to behave in a particular situation. Yeah. Well, and I think um, regarding the Lizzo situation, I, I posted on my Insta story, I shared, you know, where uh, this person is a disability act- activist and actually, you know, that, that term has been used to describe people with her medical condition. Um, actually, sorry, I don't know this person's pronouns with their medical condition. And, um, they were just talking about how, um, how like harmful that word is. And I, I guess my, my sort of comment on added to my story is like, yeah, we all need to do better about this, like self-included. Right. And that's, that's the nature of language is that like there words have such a storied history right? They, and they change, words change throughout time and eras, and they mean different things to different people. But at the end of the day, I say, well, yes, it's complicated. Yes, it's never ending. Yes, it's all this. But like, at the end of the day, if you see yourself as someone who is, you know, somewhat thoughtful and compassionate towards the people in the world with you, right? If someone offers something like, hey, this is a problem, why would you not at least pause right. and say, oh, I, I, I just never considered that. Could, could that be? I wonder if other people think it's a problem too. Instead of like, like, like you were just saying, Rachel, something that's so common today is like everyone wants to dig their heels in and say, I'm right and scream, you know, first amendment, first amendment <laughs> of like, I need to say, I have freedom of speech. I can say whatever I want. Like, sure but that we're not talking about the law. We're talking about a personal value. We're talking about actual interaction between people in your communities. <laughs> so like, what do you want your experience to be? Do you want to be someone who does consider other people's opinions? Do you want to see, be seen as a member of a community or a collective? Or do you just want to be the jerk that's over there by himself or herself saying whatever they want, doing whatever they want, and no one can ever tell you anything. And that's it. I don't know. So it's up to you, I guess, listener, what you want to be. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I always think that, you know, when someone in a group other than yours calls you out or mm-hmm. calls you in mm-hmm. and says, hey, this isn't okay. And here's why. Why are we debating that? Like, how right. do you know the difference? Right? Like, I am don't. not, right. I am not an Asian person, for example. So mm-hmm. if an Asian person tells me, hey, this thing you're saying you're doing is actually really problematic. And here's why. Who am I to tell them it's not? Mm-hmm. Like, how would I know? I don't know. Right. And so it's just so arrogant to think that you could know better, not to mention it's probably really hurtful. Things like that really stick with people. Um, I can say from personal experience, all of those are arb- seemingly arbitrary comments where the person like doesn't really mean much by mm-hmm. it, but they're just ignorant for yeah. lack of a better word. Those things stick with you. And it takes a lot of courage for that person in the moment who was kind of hit with that comment to stop and try to educate them. And usually if you're stopping and trying to educate somebody, it's because you care about them and you want to keep your relationship good. And then to be hit with basically some version of, well, that doesn't matter. And I'm actually right. Ooh, that's really hard to come back from. Yeah. Um, And that's not to say that there can't be a conversation. 
sometimes you don't understand. And sometimes you want to ask questions mm-hmm. or present where you're coming from. But just as long as the some version of the words you're wrong, don't enter that. I think that's fine. But too often it's more of an argument and a stance mm-hmm. where, like you said, people are digging their heels in and like, for what? are we really attached to the word lame, for example? Like mm-hmm. you feel really strongly about needing to use the word lame in everyday mm-hmm. conversation, that seems silly. Mm-hmm. And since that feels seems silly because you don't really have a tie to the word, why not listen to somebody who's saying that they do and they're negatively impacted by it? It just, it just feels like, why? <laughs> I yeah. just want to be like, why are we doing this? We, you're right. We all need to do better. Yeah. And can you just offered up an example, um, which for the people who don't know that I, that refers to like a physical disability um, also. And so that's, that word um, refers to that and is, was used, I think, diagnostically um, for people. Um, and I think colloquially for people and, you know, with physical motor issues. Um, but I wanted to share another one that might be a surprise to a lot of people um, because I'm also fascinated with language. Um, and I didn't know this for th- most of my life. Um, so, which is ironic given where I grew up. <clears throat> so I'll show an example. Um, so the word picnic. Oh my God. Yeah. This is terrible. <laughs> is uh, I guess slur or somewhere there's about however you would describe it. Um, but I need everyone to put their thinking caps on because I'm not going to say the word. Um, essentially refers to, um, so the obviously most people know what a picnic is where you are, you take a blanket, you have a little basket, you have some food, it's all nice and lovely, et cetera. However, the, there is some, the historical significance is that the context of a picnic was it was an experience in which white people used to go and pick black people to enslave. So you can see how the words come together to form this portmanteau is what it's called. Um, This combined word to describe an event or an experience in which people, black people were being sold. Um, Black people were being purchased. Um, by white folks who wanted to own and enslave people. Uh, And so I just use that as an example of like, man, I didn't know this for most of my life where this word came from. I grew up in North Carolina in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) Um, had conversations about race and, uh, you know, slavery was always a part of like my educational experience and learning more about that whole era. Um, Yet, yeah, didn't know about that. And it's just, and personally, I'll also add that. So today, this will be one of those experiences where like that word to me doesn't have a lot of personal significance. Like I don't feel strongly about it, right? I don't hear it and say, oh my God, this is horrible. Like you should never say that. That's just not how I react to it for better or for worse, whatever. But the point is, is that I, I have that reaction that's just like, okay, whatever. Um, but also the historical, historical significance, I realize what that is. I know where it comes from, right? It's something I think about when someone says, Hey, should we have a picnic? I'm like, Oh, 
right? Like that's my reaction. I'm like, sure. I actually like that experience of going and sitting in a park on a blanket or a nice chair, lounging, et cetera. Um, and that and there might be someone else out there who's like, no, actually, I hate that word. It's extremely problematic and no one should ever use it again. We need to find another word. And that's also a perfectly valid reaction. So it's just to point out that like everyday words um, come from somewhere. They have long histories and yeah, it's just really complicated. This thing we call language, I think. Yeah, I've been, act- I think you were the one who told me yeah. about that word yeah, and yeah, yeah. I have been actively trying to not use it since, Yeah, but it's ingrained, I slip up. And I think that's sure. a good point in that you don't have to be perfect here. Yeah, I think sometimes also no one likes to make mistakes. No one likes to be told that they did something that hurt another person's feelings. Mm-hmm. So I think we get caught up in that that's just awful. It means you're a bad person or, you know, we get very defensive. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to slip up. Just acknowledge it like Lizzo did, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's why everyone is like, oh, this is amazing. Not like, oh, well, you still should have known better. Right. Just acknowledge the mistake. And I think, you know, when you've made a mistake, when you are open to listening to the people who are impacted. So mm-hmm. for example, I would try a lot harder to stop using that word for a lovely dining gathering in a park <laughs> if Jarrell felt strongly because mm-hmm. Jarrell has more at stake with that word than I do. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have another friend in you know, the LGBTQ community or the Asian community or who is a woman or whatever, listen to what they say. You know, you're not going to get this consensus among all women of a word that's problematic or a phrase that's problematic. But like, what about the women in your life? What about the Latino people in your life? You know, what do they prefer? What resonates with them? And if you're open and give them the vibe that you're open to listening and hearing feedback, they'll tell you. And then act accordingly, be mindful of their perspective and what makes them feel included and valued. And I think if you do that and you're just open-minded, then everyone wins. The world would be such a better place if everyone could just mm-hmm. that in and of itself. You know, you're not expected to know everything or get everything perfect, but my God, imagine if people were just more open-minded. Right. And I, and I also want to add that I think these are the kind of things, because this is the world we live in now, where people are like, well, everything's political now. Why is everything so political? Um, which also there's a certain subset of people that is more common among, we're gonna leave that right there. Um, but it's like, Rachel, what you just described and why I'm really happy you shared what you did is that it's not about politics, it's about the people that you encounter. It's about the people in your life. I mean, we have other problems if there are no other types of people in your life you might want to reevaluate that um but it's like it's about the people that are actually in your life the people you're actually talking to and engaging with that you're having conversations with and experiencing right those are the ones that are going to be impacted by you saying those words or not saying those words or using alternatives or whatever so like why would you not be invested and what the people around you, immediately around you have to say about these things. Like, don't you want them to feel comfortable? Don't you want them to feel happy? Don't you want them to feel respected when they're near you? That's really what we're talking about here. Right. 
in summary, language matters. Yeah. Thanks, Lizzo. Seriously. For your statement, not for your songs. <laughs> you just couldn't leave it. I just. <laughs> it's okay. It's, I just, it just hurts my heart. It's okay. Just I wish on, I, I wish I liked her music. Really on, on nature, uh, you know, on balance, I appreciate Lizzo's music. I know. So just for the people listening, like it's yeah, complicated. I wish I did. <laughs> yeah. I just can't get there. I've tried multiple times. Yeah, I know. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Not anyway, for everyone. The language matters. So thank you t- for listening to our language. <laughs> this is a podcast. Get it. I got it. That was not the hearty laugh I expected, but that's fine. (laughs) Anyway, appreciate you tuning in. New episodes every other Wednesday. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend, and we will catch you next time. Bye.